really like that song that we just sang. It's kind of a new song that we're learning. Oh, Christ, be magnified in me. You know, one of the ways that God does that, the way he magnifies his, himself through our lives, is that he looks throughout the whole world, the Bible says. His eyes roam to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking to show himself strong, seeking to reveal his power, show up in the lives of those whose hearts are fully committed to him. So God is always looking for a person, a family, a church, who will trust him, rely upon him. And so one of the ways that God magnifies himself through our lives is that we get alone with him, we say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. What do you want me to do? And then when the Lord speaks to us, we follow him. And that almost always requires faith because when God speaks, he almost always tells us to do something we cannot do. It's almost always beyond our ability, beyond our resources, beyond our understanding. And it requires us to follow him by faith and God leads us. And then when we get into the situation that we cannot handle, God shows his strength, God comes on the scene, God intervenes in our behalf, and then we magnify him and give him glory for what he has done. God's looking for a people, a person, through whom he can display his glory, through whom he can reveal to other people what he is like. It was almost exactly 10 years ago that God opened a door for our church to follow him. At that time, we were meeting in Farmer's Branch, 23 miles from here. We were in a nice community. Church was healthy, strong. We were in a facility that was actually a little bit more square footage than this one. It was completely paid for. And things were going well. And then one day the phone rings and a church on the other end of the line says, we'd like to buy your building. We didn't know it at the time. We weren't sure, was this phone call from God? We were going to have to seek him to find out about that. But that was the beginning of an invitation that God would give to our church to follow him literally into the unknown. We began to talk to the leadership of the church, our staff, our deacons, different people and mature believers and almost everyone, every one of them had the sense that God's in this, but whoa, there were lots of questions. Like, where are we gonna go? When would we do this? How long would it take us? How much would it cost? Would our people be willing to do this? Would it cause division in the church if we even mentioned the idea of selling the building and moving? We had all these questions. But you see, you don't ever follow God if you wait till all your questions are answered. And so the church began leadership and then very quickly after that we talked to the whole church and I literally stood up on a Sunday morning just like this and I just said, here's what's going on. We got an offer on the building. That's all I know. I don't know where we're going. I don't know if we're gonna go. I don't know what it'll cost. I don't know how long it'll take. I... But we're gonna seek the Lord together. And I promised the church, I said, I will tell you everything I know and week after week, I'll just get up and you'll know what I know and we will seek the Lord together and we will just do whatever he tells us to do. And the church family said, okay. And over the period of the next several months, 
Our church prayed. We sought the Lord until there came a time when it was time for the church to make a decision. At that point, it was, had been a couple of months, we had identified a piece of property that we thought the Lord was wanting us to move and, and build our church on, and it was here in McKinney, but it wasn't this piece of property. It was a piece of property over on Custer Road, just south of Stacy. So we took that to the church. That's the only new information we really had. We knew someone who wanted to buy the church, we now had a property identified in McKinney. So the destination is McKinney. We don't know how long it's going to take. We don't know how much it's going to cost. We don't know if people will go. We, you know, all these questions. So that's all the information we had. Turned out that information was wrong. That's not at all where God had us end up. But when we took it to the church and we said, what do you sense God is telling us to do? It was one of the most amazing experiences I've ever been a part of as person after person would share how they just sensed God was in it. About 25% of our church, many of them elderly people who had been a part of this church for years, who had, cr- who had cried, had prayed, had sacrificed for this church, about 25% of the church said, we know God's in this. And we're voting for this, but we can't make the move. We can't go. And they sacrificed themselves, and they voted themselves out of a church so that we could follow God into the really the unknown. And so little did we know that we would go through all the different things that we would run into over the years, but here we are today because of the faith of those folks who went before us. Because they were willing to get alone with God, seek the Lord, and discern as best they could, is this God? And Lord, there's a lot we don't know, but we sense you're in it, and we're gonna follow you. And as a result of that, here we are today on this location that is a miracle, in this building that is a miracle, In fact, let me ask you, how many of you were in the church when we were back in Farmer's Branch? Would you just hold your hand up a minute? And I want everybody to look around. Hold it up high so everybody can kind of get a picture. So how many of you have started attending the church after we made the move out here? Would you lift your hand up? So you are here today, most of you, the vast majority, almost all of you, are here today because of the faith of those folks 10 years ago and that whole journey that they walked by faith to get us to this point. We're the recipients of the blessings of the glory of God revealed to this church, through this church, through the faith of those who've gone before us. Now, if the Lord Jesus tarries three years from now, five years from now, if I asked that same question, if I said, how many of you have joined since March 2022, whoever it is that comes then and raises their hands then will be here because of the faith you and I exhibit now. The future generations and the future people that are reached for Christ that will be reached through this church will be reached through the faith you and I have in God now. And so today, God has opened some incredible doors of opportunity for us. We did not know what we were doing. I would love to tell you that we were smart enough that we figured out what a strategic position and place that this was, this location where we are, but we didn't. We just followed God as he led one step at a time. And as we followed him, he literally picked us up, moved us 23 miles and set us in one of the most strategic locations in this entire Metroplex 
in one of the most strategic church locations, perhaps I don't think I'm overstating it, in the world. This is one of the fastest growing places in the United States, and God picked us up through no initiative of our own and brought us and sat us here. And he did it not because we deserved it, not because we were a great church. We did it because we were a people who would follow him by faith. And God said, now I can show myself strong through those who will follow me. And now today, God has opened a door and is opening doors for us to try to get the gospel to this community. He moved us to Collin County, and today it is estimated that there is 1,125,000 people that live in Collin County. 1,125,000 people. That's expected to double in just the next couple of decades. But of that 1,125,000 people, 625,000 of them, 55%, over half of them, live within 15 minutes of this building. 625,000 people can get here in 15 minutes or less. And God has opened to us this incredible opportunity. And so we have identified seven areas, seven what we're calling initiatives, where God has opened the door for us to begin to try to reach those people for Christ. We've, been, we've talked about them now for some time. But now the time has come for you and I to seek the Lord and say, God, what do you want us to believe you for? Because we can't reach these people. We can't save one soul. And yet we've been sent here on that mission. We've been sent here by God divinely, miraculously, that we might get the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel, I believe, to every one of these people. I believe that should be our goal, that should be our target and our aim, that we should get the gospel message, the good news of Jesus Christ, to every one of those people who live within at least 15 minutes of this church over the next three years. How are we gonna do that? I don't know. How are we gonna afford that? I don't know. There are all kinds of things I don't know, but I am absolutely certain of this. I'm certain that we're here by God's divine call. I'm certain that we're here with a very clear mission to get the gospel of Jesus to this area and that of all of those who hear that gospel and respond in faith to Jesus Christ, they will be born again into his family and then it's our job to disciple them and help them get to know God better and to love him more and to serve him in the way God has gifted them and called them to do. And so God has sent us here because this church has always evidenced the willingness to say, God, what do you want us to do? We have been willing to get alone with him and say, Lord, what is it? What do you want us to do? And then whatever he says, we by faith begin to follow him. And then the result of that is that our history is just lined with miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle as God has come through time and again and shown himself strong through us, to us, and brought great glory and magnified his name. And now it's our turn. And so today we begin an eight-week emphasis in our church that we're calling Imagine What God Can Do campaign. Now, in a nutshell, what the next eight weeks is about is just our church intentionally focusing on hearing from God. To say, God, what do you want us to do? And then whatever it is he tells you to do and whatever he tells our church to do, that by faith, we do it. Because I can already tell you, I don't know what he's gonna say to you, but I guarantee you it's gonna be, if you hear from him, it will require faith for you to respond. And whatever he tells our church to do, it's gonna be beyond our abilities. It's gonna require a miraculous divine intervention to bring it to pass. 
And so we're beginning this time together. When you came in today, I hope you picked up a couple of resources out here. Did everybody get one of these? They're on the tables out here. Please, everyone take one of these. This is just sort of a journey guide. And what this does is it, it just takes some time. I'm not gonna go through it with you today, but hopefully this will explain to you the opportunity. It will explain to you what, what some of the needs are and hopefully answer some questions and help you to sort of know what we're gonna be doing over the next eight weeks to seek the Lord together. And so let me just sort of walk through how we're gonna do that together. Each week for the next seven weeks after today, I'm gonna to be preaching on a different message every week. Now, one of the things we're gonna be trusting God for is to raise some money, but I wanna just relieve you. I'm not gonna be talking about money every week. In fact, somebody say yay. Um, in fact, there's only be one Sunday that I actually talk about money. And I even had the boldness to write down what Sunday it was so you could be, be absent if you just can't take it. <laughs> what we're gonna be talking about is reaching people for Christ. That's gonna be next Sunday. Two weeks from now, we're gonna be talking about prayer and how prayer is the means by which God is gonna accomplish this great work. We're gonna talk about serving God, finding the place where God wants you to serve. And so there's gonna be a number of, of different emphasis every week. Then starting next Sunday morning in the Bible study times at 8.30, 9.30, 11, we've got three Bible study times on Sunday mornings. Our Bible study groups are gonna begin a study for several weeks and they're gonna be going through the book, How to Listen to God by Dr. Charles Stanley. Anybody ever heard of Dr. Charles Stanley? Uh, he is one of my favorite. That book is one of the best books I have ever read in learning how to hear God, how God speaks, how do you know it's God when he's speaking, what are the ways of God. It is a tremendous book. We're going to be going through that together on Sunday morning in our Bible study classes. So this is a fantastic time that if you are not in one of our Bible studies, then why don't you join one? Give it a try for the next eight weeks. At the end of next several weeks, if when that study is over with, you don't wanna stay, that's up to you. But you could join one of those groups. There are people watching us at home right now. You're not able, maybe physically, for different reasons, you're not able to be here. Well, I wanna encourage you, we have at least one of our Bible study classes that is on Zoom. You can join the class by Zoom. So you could go to our church website, brookhavenchurch.com. You can just go up to the link or the little tab that says ministries and then hit connection groups and it will pull up all the connection groups, small groups we have in our church. The first one listed says we meet in person and on Zoom and just follow the instructions and you can join in that study of learning how to listen to God. How do I know when God is speaking? It is gonna be life-changing for everyone who learns those biblical principles. I want that for you. I hope you'll join us. Then, starting tomorrow, we are handing all of you today a little devotional book. This is tremendous resource. It's called Draw the Circle. It is just a simple little devotional book. It's a 40-day prayer challenge. We're gonna do five days a week, Monday through Friday. And so what I wanna ask you to do is everyone get a copy of this. If you didn't get it coming in, get it when you go out. And then starting tomorrow, set aside just a few minutes and read just that day's devotion. And what I think you're gonna do is it's gonna, what I'm hoping is, it's gonna just enrich your time alone with God. It's gonna challenge you to pray big prayers. It's gonna challenge you to believe God for great things. It's gonna put you, I believe, in a mindset to hear from God. So on Sundays, we're gonna be learning how to hear from God. During the day, uh, during the week, you're gonna be spending some time alone with God to hear from God. And all I want you to do over the next eight weeks, what I really want and desire for you is just Get alone with God, listen to him, and whatever he tells you to do, just do it. And if we will do that, then we will end up by faith 
accomplishing what it is that God wants us to do. He will show up strong in our behalf. So please pick up those resources. Pick up the journey guide. It will tell you more details and pick up the book, the devotional book tomorrow. Now, if you are at home and you can't get here and you can't have one of the books, but you want to join along with us, then if you'll just go to the website and then just scroll to the bottom of the page where it says contact us, it will pull up just a little form where you can contact us. And just write in there that you'd love to have some of the, the, the books that you could go through it with us and join with us. And so give us your address and we will get the book to you uh, as quickly as we can get it to you. We want you to join with us and seek the Lord together with us. Now this next eight weeks is gonna be based on the passage of scripture found in Ephesians chapter three, beginning in verse 20, it says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or even imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory, be magnet, may he be magnified in Brookhaven Church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. And so over the next eight weeks, we're gonna be asking God for miracles. We're gonna be imagining God using us in a great way to see hundreds and thousands of people come to Christ and hear the gospel over the next several years. Now, I want to spend the rest of the time I've got today addressing the question, well, as we seek to do these things, that we seek to aggressively try to spend millions of dollars over the next three years, is this really a good time for our church to be doing this? That's what I wanna talk about because I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. Have you noticed? I mean, we've just gotten out of a two year pandemic. All of a sudden inflation is just skyrocketing. There's war going on in the Ukraine that has got tremendous amount of uncertainty associated with it. It is creating shortages around the world. The pan, the, you know, if the pandemic didn't have enough shortages, now that's interrupting things as well. So you had all this stuff going on in the world and so Would the wise thing to be for you and I just to maybe hunker down and, and just, you know, sort of play it safe and just sort of ride this out and let's just wait and see till things get better before we try to do something so audacious as this? And I think that's a legitimate question. And I want to say to you that I have pondered that for months and months and months. I have sought the Lord about this and I'm not really here today to convince you. What I'm here today is to bear witness of what I sense the Lord has said to me. And you've got to do whatever he tells you to do, okay? In Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4, it says, Whoever watches the wind will not plant, and whoever looks at the clouds will not harvest, will not reap. Solomon, the wisest man who'd ever lived, basically said, if you keep your eye on all the circumstances all the time, you'll never do anything. If you wait for perfect conditions, he said, you'll never sow, you'll never plant, you'll never harvest. The truth of the matter is that conditions are never perfect. There's always something, right? I mean, just think back over the last couple of years. I mean, when we when we originally thought that the pandemic was coming through, we thought we would be interrupted for a couple of weeks. Well, it didn't turn out to be a couple of weeks. It turned out to be a lot more than that. And, and there's all kinds of things. There's always something going on. And so the truth of the matter is, if you and I wait and we say, okay, well, this is barely, uh, really an uncertain time, while we're sitting here waiting to pursue this mission God has given us, people are dying spending eternity lost without God while we wait on the conditions to get better. And we have no guarantee they're gonna get better, do we? 
They could get worse. And so if we wait until everything seems safer, then we just may not ever do anything. Second of all, I believe that the Bible teaches us that God's in control of all the circumstances. In fact, every miracle that we look at in the Bible, the fact it was a miracle, we call it a miracle because the circumstances were stacked against them, right? It required divine intervention to make it happen because of the circumstances. So when Israel is sitting there looking at the Jordan River at flood stage, and they got a couple of million people plus all their livestock, and they got to get across this river, well, that's the circumstance. And I can imagine they could have sat back like their ancestors, like their fathers who didn't go up into the land of promise because of the circumstances, because there were giants in the land, because there were all these, there were people in the land, believe it or not, the Canaanites who lived in the land didn't want Israel to come take it. They weren't happy about it. And their forefathers looked at that and said, nah, you know, maybe this isn't a good time. And because they didn't trust God, then they wound up missing their opportunity. And God gave their opportunity to the next generation. And so now they're staring at the Jordan River. It's a circumstance that they, they can't humanly overcome. And even if they get across the river, then there's Jericho. It's got all these massive walls. That's a circumstance they can't overcome. And then if they were somehow to get past Jericho, the, you got all the same giants of the same warlike tribes that had kept their fathers from believing. They're all still there. The circumstances hadn't changed in 40 years. They're still going to need a miracle. The difference was this generation who inherited the land, they trusted God and God came through in their behalf. And their fathers who looked at the same circumstances didn't trust God and God didn't display his power and give them the victory. So we need a miracle. It's going to take a miracle because the circumstances in the world, but it always does. And God is, God specializes in that. I'm not really worried about God doing his part. He can handle it. A third thought that I have is that the same circumstances that have a tendency to freak us out a little bit, the uncertainty, the fear, the what are we going to do and what's going to happen and, and all of that. Those same circumstances are the very thing that has got the attention of the lost world out there and many of them are recognizing they need God. This is in fact the greatest time when we need to be delivering the message of hope. The message that there is a God who's in control of the events of the world. A message through our actions and through our lives and our message that he is an all-powerful God and you can trust him. We should be shining like a light in the darkness. So the very circumstances that scare us is very much the very thing that is laying the groundwork for you and I to be able to follow God by faith and let God show up in the middle of that and draw thousands of people to himself. In Matthew chapter six, in this passage of scripture, you're, you'd be familiar with it. In this passage of scripture, Jesus has just said to those listening, you cannot serve two masters. You'll love one, you'll hate the other. And then he makes the application and he says, you can't serve God and money. Now, it was just a few years ago that I really made this connection when you read the passage. Jesus is saying, look, I know you can't serve God, follow God, and serve and follow money. These two don't go in the same direction. You can't, you can't listen to both. So Jesus said, I want you to look at the little birds. 
The little birds don't plant crops. They don't harvest and then put up, store up in a barn. But yet your heavenly father feeds them. And then he says, look at the lilies of the field. They don't sow clothes. They don't go down to the store and buy them. But your father in heaven clothes them better than King Solomon. And then he says in verse 31, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans, that's a word that means the people who don't know God, who don't have a relationship with God, they run or seek after all of these things. And your father in heaven knows that you need them. But you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So Jesus says, look, I know you can't follow God and follow money. And so here's what I'm telling you. If you'll follow God and you'll run after God and you will seek what is best for his kingdom first, I'll take care of all this other stuff you're worried about. He says, now the lost world, that's what they spend their time consumed about. They run after those things. Now it's important for you and I as Christians to recognize that I don't know that there's anybody here, I don't know if there's anybody listening who would ever say that we serve money. But if every time you get ready to try to discern what you're gonna do in a decision, if every time you look at it and you go, well, you know what, financially this is maybe best, and you always let money be the deciding factor, well then who are you following? If you don't do something because of money, if you do something because of money, if you move over here because of money and you stop doing that because of money, if money is the controlling guiding factor in your lives of how we make the decisions, then maybe we are following and serving money. But there are times where Jesus knows that God's gonna tell you to do something and money's gonna say, you can't do that. And then we have to decide who we're gonna follow. And I believe that our Savior says to you and me, I want you to seek me first, do what is best for my kingdom, and if you will do that and follow me, I'll take care of all the other stuff you need. So I believe that's how God works. I think our church is a demonstration of that. In addition to that, the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 20, he's meeting with the church leaders, the elders at the church of Ephesus. And he's gonna tell them he's never gonna see them again. And he says to them, and now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem not knowing what's gonna happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me there's some bad circumstances on the way that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. So Paul says to the Ephesian elders, I have a mission. The mission is to tell as many people as I can about the good news of Jesus Christ. I feel compelled to go to Jerusalem. I know the circumstances are not advantageous. I know that prison, I know that hardship awaits me, but it doesn't matter. I've got to fulfill this mission. The gospel has always gone forward in the face of opposition. There are always obstacles. There's never a good time. And so I want to challenge you that over the next eight weeks that you will join me in seeking the Lord for yourself and your family, that you will go to God and you will say, God, I want to lay down my life and my agenda, not my will, but your will be done in my life. 
And then you would set aside time regularly, and you would go through that daily time of seeking the Lord. You would come together on Sundays, and you would get to the Bible study hours, and you would listen, learn how to listen to God, and you would come to the services, and you would participate in the activities we're going to reveal over the next several weeks, and you see in your booklet that you'll get today, and that together we'll seek the Lord. And what's going to happen is that over the next eight weeks, to everyone who is willing to do whatever God wants them to do, who seeks the Lord, he's going to say something to you. And I don't know what he's going to say to you, but whatever it is, is going to take faith on your part to obey. And then we're going to, as a church, discern what God is saying to all of us, put it all together, and then that's what we're going to believe God for as a church over the next three years. And so this is an incredibly important time not just for you and me, this is our time. Our church's life history is is filled with all the stories of these miracles. I love to tell them, but those miracles came because of the faith of those folks. But now it's our time. And what goes from here on will be because of our faith now. And faith is always based on hearing from God. So it is critical that we get alone with God and just do whatever he tells you to do. And that's all we ask. And I believe if we will do that, I believe it will go beyond our imagination of what God has planned to do for us and through us in the next several years if our Lord tarries. Well, I want to close by telling you that the miracles have actually already begun. This week, we were sitting in a meeting with the architects, and we were talking about the new addition that we're, this campaign will help fund, because if we reach out to the high school It's got 1,000 students, and in the next two years, we'll have 2,000 students or more over there every day. And we minister to that open door, and we share the gospel, and get. then I'm praying that God's going to see hundreds of students come to know Christ. And if that's true, where are we going to put them? And as we reach out to these apartment complexes, and we reach out to uh, the academy families and, and the other seven initiatives, Where are we going to put these people? It's a beautiful thing. I drove up this morning, and how many SUVs and trucks are out on on the grassy field? Thank you for doing that today. Last week, we didn't have parking. We had people driving around during this service trying to find a parking place. So thank you for parking out there today. Well, this campaign will let us put some parking out there. we got to provide a place for the people we believe God's going to give us. So we've started working with the architects with the preliminary phases. The booklet shows you some floor plans and some different designs. So as we're in the middle of this phone call, one of the men from our church who's on the phone call, his phone dings and he stops and he says, all you guys from Brookhaven, he said, we've just been awarded a grant for $824,000. When I got up off the floor, <laughs> we, were, we knew we were applying for a grant and we thought that the grant might be $280,000. Well, that would have been, I mean, that was encouraging. But when he said we've been awarded a grant for 824000 I thought, did he reverse those figures in his mind? <laughs> so I, I texted him in a little while and I said, he said, nope, that's it. Just here, no strings attached. It's actually a grant to our academy that could be used for expanding facilities, staff, staffing of the academy, some different things. 
And so it's just here. God just says here. So I just believe that that was God. I, I was sitting there and I was thinking, okay. The Lord's just saying, I can do this. God is infinitely creative. God is not sitting back worried about money. He's not worried about the circumstances. He's not worried about the economy. God's got everything he needs. He's just looking for people who trust him. And then he'll say, okay, well, then I will do it through you. Will you be that person? Can we be that church going forward that we have been up to this point? That is a decision we've got to make in the next eight weeks. And I hope that you will join me in doing that. I want you to bow your heads. Will you say today, Lord, glorify your name, magnify your name through me and through this church? I want to hear from you. And whatever you tell me to do, I will do. Maybe somebody is watching right now. I know you're, you're watching. I'm already getting text messages. And so thank you for tuning in. I want you to know those of you who are watching right now, you are as much a part of this as the people sitting in this room. We love you. We care about you. We want to be a blessing to you, but we also want you to join with us in seeking the Lord. And we want you to be a part of this as well. And you may not even live local. You may be living somewhere else in the world, literally. But you would like to join the miracle that God's going to do through this congregation in the days and months and years ahead. Then I encourage you to do it. So just write the church, email the church. We'll send you the materials. You can join on a Zoom call, in the Bible studies. You can go through the daily devotions. You can seek the Lord. You can commit with us. I hope you will do that. Maybe someone watching or someone in this room right now, you really don't have a real relationship with Jesus Christ. God is someone that you sort of have this, you've got some ideas, you've got some beliefs about him, but you wouldn't really characterize your life as a close relationship with him. God loves you. He created you. He has a purpose for your life. And one of the purposes that God created you for was that you would know him and that you would spend all eternity with him. That is an astounding thing, that God wants a relationship with you and with me. But you and I, all of us, we, we messed up. The Bible calls that sin. We've all rebelled against God. We've all disobeyed him. We've all said, I don't want to do what you want me to do, God. I'm going to do what I want to do. And our lives are filled with those sins and mistakes and disobedience. And the Bible tells us that there's a consequence for that. The consequences, the results that come from our disobedience to God is separation from God. Both now and then if we die physically while separated from God spiritually, then we'll be separated from God forever in a place called hell that God never intended for people to go to. Jesus Christ said hell was prepared by God for the devil and for his demonic forces. God never wanted people to go there. He doesn't want you to go there. And so God so loved you that in spite of the fact that you've sinned, you've disobeyed God a lot. And that consequence of that is that you're separated from God and there's nothing you can do about it. In spite of that, God so loved you that he sent his son, Jesus, into this world to rescue you, to save you 
And the only way he could do that was to die and pay with his own life the price that it would take to pay for the sin that you and I have committed. And that's what Jesus did. He died on the cross and while he was there, God took every sin you have ever committed or will ever commit and he nailed it to the cross with Jesus and God began to judge Jesus for your sins. And God began to treat Jesus the way that he would treat you if you were standing before God being judged for your sins. And it cost him his life. But just before he died, he cried out, paid in full, it is finished. He bowed his head and he died. And on the third day, when God raised him from the dead, just as God had said he would, and just as Jesus said would happen, when God raised him from the dead, it was a gigantic announcement that the payment had been accepted, that the payment Jesus made was enough, and that to everyone who will trust their lives to Jesus, who will rely upon him, who will call out to him and ask him to be their savior, he will instantly rescue them and give them a relationship with God. And that can happen for you right now. The Bible says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be rescued. So he's waiting for you to ask him. So right where you are at home, in your car, sitting at your desk, or in this room. If you're ready to have a relationship with God, be forgiven of your sins, then God says, just ask me. So you can pray a prayer like this. Lord Jesus, I know that I have sinned and that my sins have separated me from God. But I believe you died for me and you gave your life to pay for my sins. And I believe you rose from the dead on the third day and that guarantees your payment was enough. So I give myself to you. I'm asking you to save me, rescue me right now. Come into my life. Make me a child of God. Give me a relationship with God. Eternal life and a home in heaven. And from this day forward, I will follow you with my life. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for dying for me. And thank you for saving me right now in Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer and you meant it, then welcome to the family of God. The Bible says there's a celebration going on in heaven right now over you. God is so thrilled over you that you've come to be part of his family and you're gonna be with him forever. And there is so many wonderful things that have just happened to you. And so the way you find out about those wonderful things is you need a church. That's what a church is for, to help you get to know God better. That's what we'd like to do. So if you just prayed that prayer with me, would you take the gray card that's in the seat back in front of you? Just check the box that says, I prayed today to ask Jesus to save me from my sins. And then as you walk out today, drop it in the offering box as you make your way out and we'll contact you this week. and. Try to set up a time to just sit down with you at your convenience to help you begin this journey of following and getting to know God better. If you'd like to join our church, just take the gray card, check the box, says I'd like to pursue membership. We'll contact you this week, explain the simple process to you and how you can, can do that. If you're our guest here today, thank you so much for coming. I hope that you will join us in, in pursuing God over the next eight weeks. Just come, be a part of it. You don't have to, doesn't mean you've got to be a part of the church and what our church goals are, but we'd sure love for God to speak to you about whatever it is he wants for you. 
So I invite you to come. If you're our guest here today, would you take the blue card in the seat back? Just take a moment, fill it out, drop it in the offering box as you leave. All of you, be sure to give your offerings to the Lord today. And be sure that as you make your way out today, everybody pick up one of these and one of these, okay? And I hope that you'll do that. And so um, right before we go, I have some great news for you. I'd like to present to you Luke and Melissa Poyer. Where are you all at? There they are over here. Would y'all sort of lift your hand up there? Luke, Melissa. They've just completed our new members class. And so welcome to the family of God. We're so delighted to have you as part of the church family. Let's stand together. Would you join me in prayer? And would you pray and say, God, speak to us this week. Speak to us. Lord, thank you for this privilege of knowing you and following you and that you, Lord, are willing to work through frail, weak, unworthy vessels like we are when we trust you. I really pray for your people. I pray that every one of us here would hear from you very specifically over the next several weeks. I pray that each of us would know exactly what you want us to do. And I pray for your people that their faith would not fail. And I pray they would have the faith to trust you and that in their life, in their family, in their circumstances, you would work miracles and display your glory. Do that for our church, oh God. And I pray that you would do magnificent things, but Lord, more than anything else, may Jesus be magnified, may he be lifted up. And I pray that if the Lord tarries, that in the next several years, that all the people, the hundreds of thousands of people who live in this area would know what great things you have done for them, that they would understand the gospel and you would give them faith to believe and that thousands would come to know Christ through the witness of this church and your people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. Thank you so very much for coming. It's gonna be an exciting eight weeks.